Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. It is episode 118 of the Say Hey Podcast, part of the Believe Podcast Network. I'm Doug Hayes. It is February 2024. Say Hey Rob and I tonight is Jeff Young back on the show again for, I don't know, what, fourth or fifth time. You can follow him on X at BaseballJeff1. That's the number one. He writes for Fansided at Around the Foghorn. Jeff, welcome back. How's it going, man? Welcome, Jeff. I'm doing well. Uh, thanks for having me on the show again, guys. It's always great to chat baseball with you guys. Yeah, we had a last couple of weeks off and uh, decided, you know, it's it's February now and spring training is literally right around the corner. I think we're, what, a week and a half away So, um, or before pitchers and catchers report. So probably a good time to pop one out. And, you know, we love having you on every few months. So I thought it was, was good time for that. Um What's going on? Like, are you are you working on on a lot of stuff right now? Writing for uh, around the Foghorn, or I know there's some rumors going around. What's going on with the Giants? Help us get excited, yeah. Jeff. Help us get excited. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do my best. I mean, it's been tough. I I think they've only made like four or five moves this off season. Mm-hmm. Um, but right now, I'm just I, I'm following the match the match happening story. I mean, that that seems to be the the biggest giant story to follow right now, whether the blue Jays are involved or not. Um, that that's, I am trying to, I, I guess, create a story out of nothing. That's kind of what it feels like right now. There's just nothing going on. I mean, this, this off season has been super slow, which isn't necessarily good for the, uh, for baseball. And some of that is, you know, a uh, product of Scott Boris kind of owning the market right now. And, and, uh, you know, it, the the way he operates works and it's good for the players. They end up getting paid, but uh, it, it's not good from an entertainment standpoint, but, you know, you just got to make do. Uh, so I, I think the thing I'm following most closely right now is, is the Matt Chapman story. It feels like there's a, there's a connection there for the Giants for a lot of reasons. And, and that's kind of where we're at. You, you got to be right, ready for that to come out because I feel like since about new year's eve new year's day around that time it's like okay the, the matt chapman moves imminent here it's gonna happen any, any day now so i'm sure you got the the drafts ready you got probably too much info at, at this point you're just waiting for for the news to drop and god if he if he's gonna end up with the giants after all this jeff what's gonna happen if he doesn't end up with the giants after all this yeah i i don't know i mean it sounds like uh there was a report that came out today by uh, Ben Nicholson Smith, who writes for Sportsnet Canada, um, Blue Jays beat writer, and he said it sounds like that the Blue Jays are done. So I, I mean, that could change, uh, but as of right now, it, it feels like the Giants and maybe the Chicago, the Chicago Cubs are um, potential suitors for Chapman. And I feel like um, the Cubs are just kind of being looped in there. Uh, it feels like they're focused on Cody Bellinger at the moment. They could pivot to. Chapman if Bellinger happens to sign elsewhere I don't know if I see that happening uh it could happen but that, that's just not I, I I mean I feel like the the Cubs have to be the favorite for him right now so it, it feels like they're trying to 
create a market for Chapman that might not exist. Um, that's kind of how I see it right now. Um, it, it almost feels like, a, I don't know if you remember, you guys remember a few years ago with Eric Hosmer, um, before he signed with the Padres, it was like, well, he's going to sign with the Padres. That That's the only team that makes sense. Uh-huh. And um, there wasn't really a market for him, and he still got like $140 million anyway. So uh, <laughs> I, I, I don't know what the exact number was, but um, it, the, the Padres ended up uh, building against themselves. So it feels like that's kind of – maybe that's what the Giants are trying to avoid uh, doing, but it also feels like that's the market. Um, it, it's them right now. Right. So I don't know if that answered your question. Oh, it does. It does. We don't know what's going to happen. That's what we know. No, Rob, nobody knows. I don't think anybody in the Giants front office knows either. Uh, <laughs> look, hey, before we we have a couple things we want to talk about baseball wise tonight for sure. But it's Super Bowl week, and Jeff, I know you're a Niner fan like myself. Um, just real quick football talk. How you feeling about Sunday sure. against Kansas City? Uh, not super positive i mean I, I i wish i could feel more confident i mean so when when the niners were down by like 17 against um whoever they were facing that the lions like i felt oddly confident about where they were i was like yeah 17 they could figure it out I, I i don't know if i have that same confidence going up against the chiefs right now um because they're so damn good um and i, I think they've won what two of the last four super bowls or two of the last three super bowls so I, I don't know. It, it's tough to feel this one out. Uh, last time the Chiefs uh, played the Niners a couple of years ago, they got blown out. Uh, the, the Niners did. So um, there, there was a lot of reasons for that. Jimmy Garoppolo was still the QB. I think somebody was out, Nick Bosa or something like that. So um, that, that's kind of where, where I'm at right now. I, I'm not sure. I'm worried. Uh, you know, I, I won't go into too specific you know, details, but uh... – you know, obviously, I hope I'm wrong, but I'm not feeling too great about this game either. I just feel like it's destined. And, you know, I'm not going to get into the whole, like, script bullshit. I'm sorry, excuse <laughs> language, but it's just like, I don't, I don't. But, like, I feel like we're at this point with Patty Mahomes, like how it was with Tom Brady. It's just like, just stop betting against them. Because, like, they were, you know, some people had them not even getting past uh, Buffalo weeks ago in the divisional round. And they just they've kind of ran through the playoffs and oh, it's the chiefs of old, even though it's probably the worst team they've had in the Mahomes era, but here they are again. It's just like, I hope I'm wrong. I hope the Niners win, of course. Um, but I just, I don't know. Rob, what do you think? Yeah. What do I think? Well, you know, I, you say don't bet against Mahomes, and I've never gambled in my life, but, <laughs> okay. it, but, <laughs> but, it, but if I did, if, if I did, I, I would probably, I would probably lean Kansas City, but I think it's it's gonna be a great game. I think there'd be a lot of points. Sure, yeah. I, I I'm thinking <clears throat> 31-27 type deal. It's gonna go right down the wire, and I I, I know you guys are a, a little down on the Niners because you know they haven't played up to their standard against Green Bay and Detroit, but maybe that bye week comes at a good time. Maybe Man. they reset, and Kansas City was playing real good against Miami and Baltimore, and. They were coming in hot. Sometimes the bye week comes at the wrong time for teams, and sometimes the bye week comes at the right time for teams. So there you go. Andy Reid, the greatest coach ever off a of bye. Yes, so I thanks, know. Rob, I was, I was gonna... <laughs> never lost. He's due. He's due to lose. All right, let's 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 circle back to baseball here. Uh, just wanted to touch real quick because I feel like we're obligated. This is the Say Hey podcast, and yesterday the Giants uh, deemed – February 4th, 2024, 2424, Willie Mays Day. And um, 
you know, obviously neither of us three were alive to see him play, um, you know, during when he was playing, but um, the impact that he's had on this Giants, um, you know, organization when they're in New York, came to San Francisco. I mean, he's like, I believe he is a 24 all time all-star just one of the greatest of all time. And I remember just the, like, I guess if I could tell a quick Willie Mae story and we before, I remember, Back in August of 2018, Rob, I believe, uh, Rob and I went to the game where they retired Barry Bonds' number, 25, Mm -hmm. and Willie Mays was not scheduled to speak, and I remember he got the microphone in the pregame ceremony, and he just went on and on, and you know it was funny because afterwards you heard Clint Hurdle, the Pirates manager, uh, I think uh, Dwayne Kuyper. Uh, was like, hey, I'm not shutting Willie Mays up. So if he wants to talk forever, he's going to talk forever. So I thought yeah. that was funny. And that was really cool, really cool thing that we got to see in person. I'll never forget it for sure. It was the um, it was whoever the home plate umpire was that day. Went to both managers and was like, well, what do you want to do? I, I'm not going to tell him to stop. I'm not going to. All right, we'll, we'll let him go. Yeah, I remember hearing that on, on, on KMBR on the way home in the postgame. And I think the Giants got their ass kicked that day. So that was a really, that was a good silver lining to, to, to the day. It, it was awesome. Good stuff. Yeah, yeah for that sure. that was uh I remember that speech he gave. It was really cool. He was um kind of uh uh you know trying to help Bonds get into the Hall of Fame. Um that 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 was part yep. of his speech at the very least and and uh, that was a cool thing to see and it's I mean it's a shame that uh that the, the writers who, you know, I'm not going to go too deep into this, but you know, a lot of people who follow baseball whether they're writing or or anything like they owe their a, a part of their appreciation of baseball and uh, in some way it's a uh, william Mays's impact on on the game so um anyways i, I won't go much deeper than that but that, that was a really cool speech that they gave yeah and not to mention i uh, this year i don't have the specific date i know they're playing that game i believe it's in alabama correct and they're playing which you know is where willie is from they're playing the cardinals so that'll be Really, really cool to watch and, and kind of see how they involve him and his legacy into that game. So, um, yeah, Willie Mays, thankful for, you know, he's we have a podcast because of him, because of the name. And, um, you know, I think I think Willie Mays is one of those few people on earth, like, and I, I, I'm sure I, I could say this for Rob, too. It's like if you had a handful of, you know, people that you could, like, shake your hand and have a few minutes of conversation with, you know, Willie be one of them. So, yep. yeah. For sure. That, um, that's something you would tell people like that would be like a fun fact that you would mention. I'd shook uh, Willie Mays's hand. Yeah, absolutely. that would be something you uh, you would brag about to people. Absolutely. Willie Mays, Barry Bonds, Dan Ugla. Yeah, the legends. <laughs> <laughs> the legends. Rob had to bring in Dan Ugla. Anyways, let's talk baseball um, today. And, you know, Rob and I are pretty, uh, you know, careful with like, this is just getting talked about. It's rumors, but um, nothing, nothing close to official or whatever. But um, Susan Slesser put out a tweet today uh, that the Giants are, and I thought it was interesting how she put it. I should pull it up, but it said like they're in discussions regarding a contract or something along those lines, um, which you know is more than uh, they're interested in. To me, I'm going to try and pull up the the tweet here. So it's. You know, I don't misquote her, um, but I thought the way that she worded it was was very interesting. She said, "Oh, here it is. 
The Giants have had discussions with free agent slugger Jorge Soler. Um, I'm hearing that they are in talks with Soler. He makes a lot of sense, uh, giving the lack of power for the team. Um, I could have sworn I read something, but that it was like a little more specific. But anyways, you know, we've talked about on here, like this team's kind of had full of DHs. Like, what? why would they bring in another one? We don't know if it's a true fit. I mean, Jock's gone now. They still have Wilmer Flores. They have, you know, Lamont Wade. Um, but he's obviously played more first base. Like, Jeff, if this were to go down, like, how does Jorge still fit? if this were to happen yeah it'd be an, it'd be an interesting move because uh solera at this point as a dh only um at this point in his career he he should not be playing in the field uh we've seen jock peterson out there the past couple of years uh, we we don't really need to revisit that with with solera at this point it, it would be a it would be an interesting fit because he kind of I, I mean obviously his offensive profile, he's a middle-of-the-order hitter, whether it's for the Giants, whether it's for any team. I mean, he, he easily makes any team's lineup better by being in the lineup. Um, so there, there's no about, there's no doubt about it. I think he had 35, 36 home runs this year. Uh, we're going into season 21, where the Giants haven't had a 30-home run hitter. Um, so, I, I mean, that, that trend's got to end soon. I mean, it feels like Soler's got the power that – that would play well at Oracle Park. Um, uh, so, I mean, there, there's a there's obviously an offensive fit. The Giants do need, you know, more middle-of-the-order thump in the lineup. Um, there's no doubt about that. Uh, but, you know, it, it'd, be, it'd be like an imperfect fit, which is kind of a phrase I've used with just about any uh, free agent or potential free agent target this offseason where, you know, there's a fit on one hand, but there's a lot of reasons why they wouldn't be a fit either. So, I mean, with Soler, it's the fact that he's not very versatile. Um, he's he's a little on the older side. He's not very fast at this point. He's not athletic. Uh, for a team that that that's really full of people who are, you know, on the wrong side of 30 for the most part, they're getting younger, but they're also really slow. They're they're not versatile. They're not athletic. Uh, Soler doesn't really do a lot of, lot to help that. So um, the the fit is obviously he makes the lineup better, but you know, there's, there's some wrinkles to his profile as well. That just kind of exacerbate some issues that the, the giants already currently have. What kind of, what kind of stuck out to me was they trade Mitch Hanniger and now they're linked to Jorge Soler, which I'm thinking, you know, they do a lot of the same things, you know, as, as players, Soler doesn't have n- near the injury history that Harry Hanniger does. So, but when you talk about his power playing very well there, I mean, his, his power would play well anywhere, you know, they'd yep. be, yeah, they could be playing at the old polo grounds. And, you know, Solar's <laughs> power would play there. But that's what stuck out to me. It's like, man, you just got rid of a guy like Hanniger, and now you're flipping to Corey Solar, which, yeah, maybe that's just somebody with similar attributes that can stay in the lineup a little more consistently. Am I off there? Yeah, I mean, that, that was the thing about Hanniger. I mean, when he was healthy, he was always a pretty productive hitter, except right. for – his, his one season with the Giants. Um, but the caveat was when he was healthy, he, I think he uh, appeared in over a hundred games just twice in his career. Um, I, and I'm not sure if it was seven or eight seasons he's played up until this point. So um, obviously there's a pretty uh, long injury history there that's prevented him from being able to stay on the field. The Solaire, I don't have the numbers in front of me. I can pull them up, but 
Um, I, I mean, if he's more durable, then, then I mean, there's a, some similarity there in terms of offense profile to uh, Mitch Haniger, but just being able to stay on the field. I mean, you know, with with sports, oftentimes the, the best ability is availability. And if Soler is a, a more durable player than someone like Haniger, then, then you know, there, there could be a better fit there. Um, but I'll, I'll also add that just, you know, it, it's hard to project um, – durability as a player ages it, i think he's going into his age 32 or 33 season and you know guys who are durable in the past you know it doesn't mean that they're going to be durable in the future so um yeah i, I mean uh with solar there's definitely a similarity there between hanniger even though they just traded away hanniger um but yeah I, I mean there's a couple of ways to read uh slusser's comments and i, I wonder if it's if she's regurgitating what uh, Solar's agent is saying as a way to get other teams involved in his market. Um, because I mean, Solar is a pretty good hitter. There's no reason yeah. he should be a free agent at this point in the season. So I, I wonder if there is a little bit of agent speak going on there. Um, but from what I understand, you know, there's nothing imminent at this point. Uh, there's interest between the Giants, but you know, talks haven't progressed to the point where it's um, you know, it's just one player and one team uh, discussing contract terms. Yeah, I think it's interesting because, like, without a doubt, if you put a guy like Jorge Soler in the in the middle of the Giants lineup, like he does make them better. There's no doubt. I mean, he had 36 home runs last year. He's going to be 32 in about three weeks. I just looked it up. Um, I think the interesting thing to me is like, here's the thing: if we're not talking contract, we're just talking adding talent. And even though he would be purely a designated hitter. Like, I'm not bitching about that at all. Like, the Giants get their offense better. They add some severely needed power, even though you do make great points about they they would get less athletic with it. Um, you know, he's not super young, obviously, um, which they have been vocal about. That's what they do, and I understand that. But I think the, the thing is he's coming off a big year, like I said. Like, is this going to be a multi-year deal? Because it's not like he's going to try and go – you know, uh, somewhere for a year to up his value, quote unquote, and then maybe get a longer term cut. Like he's going to be 32. Like, is he probably, I don't have the predict projections of like what co- kind of contract he would be getting from any, um, but is this like a two, three year deal he's looking for trying to get into his mid thirties on a, you know, somewhat of a medium term contract. I mean, I don't know what the numbers will look like. What do you think? I guess it's going to be a multi-year deal. I'm trying to pull up the guy who just signed with the the Cincinnati Reds earlier this offseason. Uh, uh, let's see. What's his name? Um, uh, it, is it uh, Jimer Candelario? Oh, uh, yeah. He's yeah, yeah. for three years and, and $45 million. I wouldn't be surprised, even though you know they're, they're different uh, from a position standpoint. I, I wouldn't be surprised if – Solar got something similar to that that uh, contract, uh, three years, some uh, forty-five million, or, or may, maybe two years, uh, thirty million. But I, I guess around fifteen million AAV. Um, I know he opted out of his contract, right? He yes, on like a year remaining, so he had like fifteen million, and um, you know he he he's coming off of a nice year offensively, so it's not like he has to you know settle for one of those um, kind of pillow contracts where maybe it's a one-year deal with a high annual value and, and maybe there's an option for a second year. Uh, you know, he, he should have a market 
for somebody who's, um, yeah. you know, who, who's coming off of a nice season, but you know, teams just don't uh, want to spend that much for DH uh, because you can get that production elsewhere. I mean, the giants, you know, if you look at their DH production in 2023, I mean, they, they still got some pretty nice overall contributions from their DHs uh, last year, even if the rest of the lineup wasn't that good. So um, yeah, I'd probably guess about two or three years for, for um, uh, Solaire. Let's be real. This is a two-year deal with an opt-out, you know, for an opt-in for a thirty-year. No, I'm just playing. Um, I mean, and that enough talk about a guy who hasn't even signed anywhere, but yeah, uh, definitely interesting um, because he's a type of name with the type of power that would be intriguing if the Giants brought him in. I gotta say though, guys, we should insinuate that a player's agent out there would be possibly using the Giants for leverage because that would never happen. It it never happens. It you, never you know what happened. <laughs> I, I want to see, uh, you know, speaking of opt-outs, I want to see a mid-season opt-out. Like, just get crazy. Barring. You can just leave that. after June. <laughs> June yeah, 30th. If you, have, if you have 10 home runs after June 30th, you can just, you know, you can opt-out and go off. Oh, well, they'd be leading the team probably by then. I mean, come on. That's yeah. funny. That's funny. Um, so our main topic tonight, we wanted to talk pitching. And um, – I think what really springed this conversation was, you know, the other day, I think it was Friday, the Giants traded Ross Stripling uh, across the bay to Oakland for outfield uh, minor leaguer Jonah Cox, and they also sent $3.25 million over to the A's um, to kind of, you know, cover their costs over there, which I'm sure, you know, the A's are really excited about that because they 3.25 goes a long way over there. Um, but and here's the thing. Obviously, everybody knows Ross Stribling had a, a rough year in 2023 with the Giants. Um, it was even vocal. We've joked about it a couple times here on the pod. Like, how about how he said, yeah, I'm opting in. I haven't pitched well enough. You know, like, I'm sticking yeah. around. I'm, I'm picking up the option. I'm coming back in 2024. And, like, I don't think anybody, you know, with a with a brain could blame him. <laughs> but here's the thing. this This rotation outside of Logan Webb is – a bunch of like, you know, to be determined with Kyle Harrison's young, but you know, is he ready to take the big step and be the number two guy in the rotation? You know, they brought in Jordan Hicks who has eight starts under his belt and they're going to try him as a starter. And then Alex Cobb's hurt and Tristan Beck is limited with starts. And so is Keaton Wynn. Like they have all these guys with a bunch of question marks. And I think even though like not a ton of us would be thrilled that Ross Stripling was going to be the number two guy, he was providing veteran depth, which is somewhat of a crutch of, you know, reassurance and they trade him. And I don't think anybody was expecting the giants to a stripling this off season. So like, what were your initial thoughts on how this would impact the rotation in 2024? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I had a lot of thoughts about this. I, I think the first thought I had was that this feels like it's got to be a precursor to another move. I mean, if you look at the rotation as currently constructed, Logan Webb's the only um, track record you can really go off of. Um, but if, if you need to get between 800 and maybe 1,000 on the higher end innings out of your rotation, let, let's say between 800 or 900 innings, and you're penciling in Webb to give you around 180 or more innings, I, I mean – I don't know where the rest of those innings are coming from. I mean, maybe Jordan Hicks um, transitions to the rotation. Well, maybe Tristan Beck 
Keaton Wynn and Kyle Harrison, you know, carve out roles with the rotation. But even then, I mean, all those guys probably have some type of innings limits. Um, you know, Harrison's never pitched more than 113 innings. Does it make sense to go up to 150 innings um, in one season? I don't know. That's kind of what they have to decide. And it's going to be a similar consideration with uh, Tristan Beck and Keaton Wynn. Um, and then, you know, of course, they're going to get back Robbie Ray and, and Alex yeah. Cobb at some point in the season. It sounds like they're probably going to be a midseason um you know, in addition to the rotation, what they're going to look like at that point, no one really knows. And if the Giants are banking on them to help them get into the playoffs, I, I mean, they, they really have to think about what the rotation looks like at the start of the year because um, it, it doesn't matter if, if Robbie Ray and, and Alex Cobb are healthy in July, if they're already 10 or 15 games out because they didn't do enough to build up the, the depth of the rotation before that. So, I, I mean, my, my initial thought is, you know, I, I I don't know who the names are. Um, I don't know if it's a Blake Snell, Jordan Montgomery, um, but it feels like they're probably going to add at least two pitchers uh, to the rotation. I, I mean, it feels like they have to at this point because um, if you start to map out the starts and the innings and the, and the projections and all that, there's just not eight or 900 innings with, with the guys they currently have. And, you know, Jordan Hicks, maybe he transitions to the rotation. Maybe it just doesn't work out because he's, you know, he's he's struggled with uh, control for much of his career um, up until this point. There's a reason he's a reliever. Um, maybe it doesn't work out, and and you know they they get even more explosive. Uh, so I, I think they have to add to the rotation at this point, and it's probably going to be a couple of guys. Um, it might be somebody coming off of an injury. Uh, one name I was looking at before this is, uh, you know, it's not going to excite anyone, but uh, Jake Odorizzi um, is a free agent mm-hmm. this year. He didn't pitch at all in 2023. I, I don't know if it was a shoulder injury or what. Um, I, I, I'm kind of blanking on what, what kept him out. But, you know, somebody who has some track record to go off of, some, you know, predictability. The Giants, you know, they just need to get innings from people at this point. I, I don't know where it's where it's going to come from. But, you know, they, they're going to make they, – they're going to have to make at least one or two more additions. Yeah, I mean, there's guys like – Zach Davies is still out there. Hunjin Ryu, um, our our boy uh, Brooks Nutson has has had Vince Velasquez going to the Giants now for the last four years. He's available, and it's yeah. just you can see you can see them signing. Yeah, like like you're saying, probably at least two of those guys. Maybe to go along with with, with a Blake Stell, possibly. But I mean, we're talking right now how the Giants have no like no depth at all really in, in the rotation this time last year they were bragging about man we have too much starting pitching man what are we gonna yeah. do what sean Manaya, alex wood and Stefani, <laughs> and we just signed ross stripling and now it's the complete opposite but yeah as, as we get closer to spring training kind of like around this time last year they start throwing little deals out there like like they did around this time last year at a couple pitchers and so really and by, by the time pitchers and catchers report we'd be like oh man okay well we don't like the way the rotation looks, but they got some guys in there now. I mean, that's that seems to be how this, this front office works. It's just, you know, that the, they can add depth pretty quickly, but it's usually not the the top tier guys that, that are going to get you excited. So, yeah, but well, hell, hell, Jeff, I was thinking you're starting game two at this point, man. After Logan <laughs> Webb, my, my, my God, really, really. Well, the, I mean, the good news is I've been playing fetch with my dog for the past uh, nine years. So the arm is You're still ready. working You're pretty ready. well. I, I Occasionally with the tennis ball, I'll work on my slider. Um, 
just, <laughs> to, you know, just, just to get it, get it working. You, you never know. But um, to your point, I mean, uh, one thing I didn't mention is that there's just uh, the Giants do have some young pitching depth coming up who, who aren't on the 40 man roster that I think they're also going to rely on, but it's more about like how the rotation looks at the beginning of the year, because like, there, there's just too many question marks with the guys they currently have. And, you know, it could work out, but I just think they need some, they, they just need more veteran presence, but they have some young guys coming up that I think could help them out in 2024 that they've, that they've already identified. Yeah. You, you make an interesting point. You're talking like 800 to 900 plus innings from your starting rotation. And I, I don't have the number exactly in front of me, but I, I've heard multiple times, and this would not shock me in in any bit, is that the Giants' starting rotation last year was you know the lowest amount of innings pitched in baseball with like 700-something. And that was with you know Alex Wood and Sean Mania, and, and those guys were used in both roles, out of starter, out of the pen. Yeah. Um, and now I feel like you have less – so it's like, are we going to go through another year here? And, and you know, you think that they could bring in two arms, which, hey, I, I hope they do. I, I know, like, Blake Snell would obviously be the big get. I have, you know, red flag questions with his command issues and stuff. But, like, realistically, I, I don't see why, except maybe he just wouldn't want to be here. Like, Rob, Rob and I are, like, kind of closet, like, big-time Jordan Montgomery fans. Like, I would at least I am. I, I would love if they were to add Jordan Montgomery for you know like a three to four year deal and have him like as your two three guy behind Webb and Harrison or you know in that mix. So it's like, but if if they don't bring anybody else in, like we're looking at another year, possibly even more of patchwork stuff. It's like I don't know if I could do this again, man. Ryan Walker <laughs> starting games, man. Ryan Walker, yeah. That poor guy. I'm surprised <laughs> yeah. his arm didn't fall off. Like and they lost Brebia, their best starter. So. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> he was their best starter. Yeah, Ryan Walker pitched like 150 innings last year, it felt like. Welcome poor to the guy. bigs. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I just I, – I, I'm – I'm worried, man. I mean, especially, you know, the offense, whatever, they've been adding little pieces here and there, and I, I feel like they are going to, you know, let the young guys play. But when it comes to this rotation, like, I've always been a pitching first guy. I believe in pitching is the most important aspect of the game. I just Like, if Logan Webb gets hurt, I feel like and, – and, of course, I hope he doesn't. But I feel like we're looking at uh, a nothing but patchwork here, and it's like – Hey, we're just trying to get through the season and it's, you know, mid-May and they're already 8-9 games out and there's just no hope for any postseason contention push or anything. Yeah, I, I mean, you can you can get out of playoff contention really quick uh quickly. I think uh if in if the 2017 season taught me anything about baseball, it was like by the time May came around, it was like, what do we like playoffs are not even a discussion at that point. They were like four and 15 or something. So, I, I mean, that that's, that's my concern as well. It's like, you know, they're hoping that Robbie Ray and, and Alex Cobb can help them uh, in the second half of the year. But like, it doesn't matter if they're, you know, 15 games under uh, by the time they come back, like they, they need those, they, they need something to go off of to, to start the year. And I, I, I mean, I do like Jordan and Montgomery, um, and I, I always felt like he would be a, you know, a good fit for the Giants. And then he really had a nice finish to the year and probably yeah. 
price themselves out of the market for the Giants that they that they usually like to go with pitchers. But um, I, I thought at one point um, earlier in the year that he was going to be kind of a closet uh, target for them, but he ended up finishing the year really strong and doing well in the playoffs. So um, he's and he's going to get paid uh, pretty nicely by by whoever it is, and they're going to like the investment they make. He was one of my wanted trade guys at the end of last year because even though I was kind of leaning towards the Giants should sell um, at the deadline for, you know, whatever they had. Um, I, I I felt like because the, these guys never sell and they always, even if they buy, sell, they still kind of lean more towards, Hey, we're, you know, we're only here's to make Rob laugh. We're only two good weeks away, uh, you <laughs> know, from being right back in it. But I thought, Hey, if, if they're going to lean on the buy side, like, I felt like it wasn't going to take much to go get a guy like Jordan Montgomery. I think I had the Giants giving up like Grant McVay and one more prospect um, to go get him. And realistically, um, you know, what the Cardinals got in return from the Rangers was not a ton. Um, Yeah, it was for sure the rest of the season it was a rental. Um, But he definitely helped them, especially in the postseason. And, you know, look what happened. He was really solid, and they ended up winning the whole thing. So, (sighs) I just, I, I, especially regarding pitching, I just wish the Giants would, you know, be a little more aggressive. But this regime that has shown in the last several years are very, very reluctant in handing out, you know, any sort of multi year deal to a starting pitcher. Yeah, it feels like uh, the rotation this year. I, I mean, the, the free agency market was kind of weak. Um, but on the starting pitching side, there were plenty of options. I mean, it Still wasn't are. the. I mean, there still are, but it wasn't like the the best. Op- I mean, it wasn't like you know the the eye popping or like attention grabbing names. Like even a guy like Michael Walker, if you paired him with with another top of the rotation arm, it's like okay, I can kind of see that him being like a like a three or four option. You know, coming off of a good year or a Seth, a Seth logo. Both of them signed with the Kansas City Royals. I like the deals that they ended up getting. Yeah. Um, but there were a lot of like Sonny Gray was was a perfect fit for the Giants. I thought. Um, I, even Marcus Stroman made some sense. I mean, they, they could have made the rotation a strength this year, and that could have been their competitive advantage because you look at some of the best rotations in baseball from 2023. I mean, the Padres basically dissolved their rotation. Everyone left through free agency. The Brewers were another top team. Um, they traded away Corbin Burns. They, they let Brandon Woodruff walk, um, or they non-tendered him. So I, I mean, they're a smart team. They're going to figure it out. They always, they always, they always kind of do. Um, but like the Giants were like, you know, they had one of the better rotations in the National League, and that's something that they could have solidified this year. Um, but they didn't. Um, they, they went with potential upside with Hicks and Ray. Um, but who knows what that's going to look like? Is is Ray going to be good after you know major elbow surgery? I mean, guys coming off of Tommy John, it takes. You know, it often takes a, a full year for them to actually get back to their pre-surgery form once they return to the mound. And then, you know, Jordan Hicks, I mean, you know, my worst case scenario for him, I, I, I know it's been thrown out there that uh, the worst case scenario is that like, oh, he goes back to the bullpen. It's like, well, he goes back to the bullpen and maybe he's like a like a sixth inning guy getting paid $11 million a year. It's like you can find that, you know, in free agency for like, a fraction of the cost. So yeah. that, that to me is kind of the worst case scenario where it's like, I, I don't want to use this as like a, like a bad thing, but like, like Taylor Rogers, for example, is getting paid 11 million a year. And he's, you know, he's maybe the third best reliever in their bullpen right now. And it's like, 
okay, he, he had close to a four ERA. He had some good moments. He's a good lefty, but I don't know. There, there's just a better use of of money than, uh, than spending eleven million dollars on a reliever. So, um, yeah, I, I know that was kind of a rant, but um, it, it felt like the Giants really missed the boat here on being able to uh, uh, really make the rotation a strength. They had the opportunity to do it. There were plenty of free agents to do so, um, but they, for one reason or another, um, they're they're betting on you know Robbie Ranger and Hicks. It might work out, but it's it's hard to say. Jeff, but before we move on, I'm glad you brought Corbin Burns because I wanted to ask you. The Orioles trade Deal Hall and Joey Ortiz, two top 100 prospects in, in the game for him. Mm-hmm. Could the Giants have done that? Could the, could the Giants have done something along the, along those lines? Like I, I I know Marco Luciano, highly regarded, you know, top uh, easily a, a top 100 prospect in the game, but like. Corbin Burns was a name that, you know, Doug and I had been kind of going back and forth about for the last couple months. And, you know, you, you, you treat, you trade for him. You know, he's from here. Maybe you can extend him. Like, could the, could the Giants have, got, have gone that route or was that just out of the question? Uh, yeah. I mean, they could have, uh, to add to that trade, I think the, the Orioles gave up a compensatory pick. That too, so, yeah. um, I mean that, that has value to teams that, that extra pick gives you, um, you know, more, uh, more bonus, uh, pull space to allocate, uh, the giants have done that the past few years when they've had a compensatory pick for, from losing somebody in free agency who reject the qualifying offer, it gives you a little bit of flexibility. So I think that's one thing that kind of swing the deal. That's not something the giants could have offered because they don't have that to trade. Um, there's only certain compensatory picks that you can trade. Uh, but I mean that it's a deal that they could have matched. That would have been painful, um, I mean, I, I know Luis or uh, Marco Luciano is kind of a not not a uh, not a comparable to um, uh, Joey Ortiz. They're both middle infielders, um, but to me, Luciano is the much higher upside because of his his offensive, you know, potential the way the way he impacts the ball. Um, and, and you know, the Giants have a lot of pitching prospects. They could have probably parted with one of them. It might have been painful. It might have been a Carson Wisenhunt. I mean. It, they could have matched the offer. I, I I think this is like one of the few times, like if you go back um, a couple of years to, to when Joey, uh, when Juan Soto was available, the Giants just did not have the prospects to match what the Padres gave up. This is an instance where it's like, you know, the Giants could have matched what, what the, the Orioles gave up um, to, to get the deal done. So I think they could have made it happen. It would have been painful. Is that what, this is the question I always struggle with is like, is that the move that would have put the giants over the top in the, in the playoffs? Um, it would have easily probably given them one of the best one, two punches in baseball. Um, but they also, you know, that there's so many other issues with the roster that I I'm just like, I'm not confident that this would have been a move that would have put them over the top. But if their goal was to improve the rotation and Corbin Burns was one of the options and you do so, um, so yeah, it's a move they could have. It's it's a move they could have made, and it's a move that would have made a lot of sense. Um, just gonna pull up. Okay, never mind. I, I thought he was represented by Scott Boris, uh, and I just wanted to mention that if he was, then an extension is was probably off the table. But he's not. So um, he's he's represented by CAA, which is uh, an agency that typically values where a player wants to go uh, more so than just with Boris, where it's like top dollar every time. Or most. 
So you, you talk about, and we'll hop off after this, but you, you talk about a pitching, you know, trade, and we've been talking a lot this off season of free agency. You you may be all in on a guy, and the Giants have done this multiple times over the last several seasons. Mm-hmm. Where, hey, they're all in on this guy, all in on that guy, and we're talking about the biggest names in the sport. But could the Giants still swing? And like you said, you you think they could add up to two more starting pitchers even after the moves they've made? Could we still see the Giants, you know, hit the trade market for a starting pitcher? There are, there's a Dylan Cease, there's Shane Bieber, there's, there's options out there that have been linked to trades. We don't know, but that could be the Giants' way of securing a for sure fire, you know, pretty damn good starting pitcher um, without having to negotiate a contract or uh, working with agents, stuff, stuff that way. Rob and I are big on eight, hey, trade the freaking prospects. Because we never know if these guys are going to pan out. I mean, if if you're new, go back and listen. You know how we feel about prospects, um, and especially how you know we're we're kind of hesitant to see, you know, that you know there's not a for sure for sure. Fi- I can't talk right now. For sure, fire prospect in this giant system, in my opinion. Um, but there are pieces, like you said, they have a Mason Black, they have Carson Wisenhunt, they have guys that are pretty darn good starting pitching prospects that they could part with to go get a veteran um, for sure piece. So do you think it's out of the realm of possibility that the Giants could make a trade for a starting pitcher? Again, that's not like a Robbie Ray where you're not getting him for another six, seven months, but you're getting a guy that can go right behind Logan Webb right now. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm a, sorry I, for the long question, but I just... no, no, that, that's a great question. Um, I, I always kind of stro- struggle with, you know, will the Giants go out and trade for X? I, I know they were interested in Corbin Burns. They were supposedly the runner up because they're really good at being a runner up for these things. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but uh, I, I always kind of struggle with, like, could they go out and trade somebody? Because, like, if you look at Foreign Zaidi's track record, with the Giants, I mean, there's just no track record of him going out and trading prospects to acquire an asset. Um, mm-hmm. The Chris Bryant trade is the one exception. It was at the trade deadline. They did so because they wanted to, you know, make a, a final push into the playoffs. But there's just like no track record of them going out and getting a Dylan C. So I know they were interested at Shane Bieber at the trade deadline. I know they had that there was a lot of, um, you know, behind the, a lot of behind the scenes talk um, going on there. Um, but I, I just, I, it's hard for me to envision them doing it because they just really haven't done it yet. So that, so that's kind of where I'm at with that. Unprecedented. Um, I, I get what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's hard to like, it, <laughs> if you ask me whether they go out and give somebody a two-year deal with not that I'm like, yeah, they, of course they would. Why wouldn't they? They do it all the time. Like, yeah, I, it's just hard to go off of, um, you know, there, there's no precedence for this. Um, so that, that's. That's kind of where I'm at with this. They could get a Shane Bieber. I know they've had they've expressed interest. They they were interested in Corbin Burns as well. Um, Dylan Cease is an option. He has uh, multiple years of team control. So the the White Sox are going to want a pretty big hole for him that that I don't know if the Giants are going to want to give up with. But with Bieber, at least it's it's a one year deal, and you know trading for a one year. Uh, a player on a one-year deal at this point or a guy who's entering a contract year. I mean, um, it's going to be a tough cost, but it's something that they could, that, that they could tolerate. So 
Um, they could go out in, in the trade market. I mean, it, it doesn't sound like Blake Snell is somebody that they um, that they're too keen on. Um, he's, a, he's a low volume starter. B, he's going to want to qual. Uh, he's he rejected the qualifying offer. He he's going to want a contract in the neighborhood of thirty million per season for five or six or however many years. Um, you know, and, and what is that going to look? So I, I mean, free agency really doesn't have any perfect fits at this point. So. Uh, maybe the trade market is how they, you know, how they kind of address the bullpen at, or the rotation at this point. So um, I, I'm not sure to answer your question. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Long question, long answer. We got nothing. Yeah. Out. No, I'm just joking. Um, but yeah, I, I get what you're saying for sure. I, I think the yeah. maybe the one year, like you said, Shane Bieber, you know, he's he's a free agent after uh, 24. And with all the young guys that the Giants have, rotation wise um that are you know knocking on the door per se um it could be enticing more rather than giving out a long-term contract so i don't know yeah hey after you trade prospects like like alex canario and caleb killian you know it's hard to go back down there because i'm sure that was hard yeah (laughs) rob don't get me going (laughs) (laughs) sorry (laughs) it was a good trade it was a good trade three months of chris bryant it was a good trade yeah for sure and i'm glad they didn't bring him back after that but uh yeah yeah. that would have been uh that would have been rough jeff thank you as always for joining us uh appreciate your time um i'm sure we'll have you on at some point during the season and we'll talk about how exciting and amazing this team is Uh, (laughs) but uh make sure you're following jeff at baseball jeff one that's number one on x for all of his latest and um until next time for say hey doug say hey rob and jeff young thanks for joining us and good giants sign someone <laughs> say hey say who say willie say hey say who swinging at the plate say hey Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.